Peace, family, and thank you for tuning in into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C., with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art, with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. and love family we're back with another episode of creative habits podcast how you doing my love i'm very well this morning blessed and thankful that you the baby and i are healthy how about yourself i can't complain well today i'm really interested in learning your thoughts and exchanging ideas surrounding the topic of reality okay reality what do you think reality is well my interpretation of the word reality is that it's our truth. Um, It's what we personally deem to be factual, how we live, what we live by or believe in innately. Mm. I believe that reality is our perception of the world um, molded by our relationships, um, the way we're brought up um, through media Mm -hmm. and... um, several you know maybe outside circumstances that um mold who we are very interesting um i have a quick definition of reality um i think this is a webster's definition Mm -hmm. um the state of being or quality of being real um resemblance to what is real a real thing or fact Real things, facts, or events taken as a whole state of affairs. Um, a little philosophy for you. A philosophical term? You know. <laughs> okay. Um, something that exists independently of ideas concerning it. Something that exists independently of all other things and from which all other things derive. Hmm. According to um, some research that I did on a site called Simplicable, uh, there are nine types of realities. Really? So I'm just going to list them and then just briefly share what each of them mean. Okay. The first one is universalism. The second one is relativism. The third one is pragmatism. The fourth one is materialism. The fifth one is idealism. The sixth one is realism. The seventh one is skepticism. The eighth one is virtual reality. And the ninth one is mixed reality. Hmm. Universalism is defined as, one second, the belief that there are truths that can be applied to the entire universe and in every situation. Is that through like science or... A group of people coming together like this is real and this is not type situation i think it's the second one where it's a group of people okay that come together and the truths that can be applied to the entire universe and in every situation mm-hmm. so i guess it could be both right mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is seeming to the second one is relativism relativism is the belief that truth is entirely subjective and individual and the 
that each individual is justified in demanding others recognize their view of reality. Like art. Yeah. <laughs> the, way, but, the way I look at a piece of art may not be the same way you look at it. Yeah. Mm, okay. But I also feel like maybe it's my belief based off of how I was raised mm-hmm. and what I perceive to be the truth could be different from what you seem to be the truth. And that can be from like religious backgrounds or... Right. But then your family may have things that are relative to one another that are similar because you all have the same train of thought mm-hmm. or the same way that mm-hmm. you guys were raised. That's interesting. That's interesting. What's the next one? Pragmatism. Pragmatism mm. is the view that it doesn't matter if something is universally true, as long as it is true for all practi- practical purposes in a situation. Pragmatists also view subjective reality as meaningless unless it has some type of practical application. Mm, that just went over my head. Um, meaningless. Um, I think... Um, that can lead to um, things that we can define and things that we can't define. It's like um, mm-hmm. there's probably things going on through our bodies that we have no idea of because we haven't did the research on it. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't like literally exist to us because we have like no idea of it. Yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. The next one is materialism. Materialism is the belief that all things, including complex and tangible things, such as imagination, have a physical basis. Mm, So that's like maybe affirmations or reality starting from the mind and you um, create it into the physical sense. Yeah, I guess so. Or like a philosophy, like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. when you were defining what reality was. Um, I also think that it could be things that are not not necessarily things that we can touch, Mm -hmm. but we create a level of importance to it. Like money. Like money. Mm, Okay, I can see that. Um, let's see. The next one is idealism. Okay. And idealism is the belief that all things or some things are immaterial such that they have no physical form. This is pragmatic as the human experience and modern economic production are often based on intangible things, Mm -hmm. things that you cannot touch. For example, uh a video game may be based on physical things such as electrons, but its value is completely derived from intangibles such as art, Mm. experience, stories, characters, fashion, language, symbols, social status, emotion, and risk. What about spirit? I was just about to say that, actually. Mm -hmm. Like, spirit is probably... (laughs) Um, falls into the category of idealism. Realism is the idea that reality often differs from our perception as the, as the latter is shaped by our ideas, emotions, senses, and cognitive characteristics. Characteristic, excuse me. Okay. For example, color perception greatly differs from the physical properties of light. 
Mm, so the way I see red might not be the same color tone as you see it. It could be, but I think what it's saying is, for instance, I can give you an example with art mm. where we think things are colors, shapes, and forms, but at the end of the day, it's just how the light is reflecting mm. on that figure. So, yeah, I think it may be like a different perception from what it actually is, but that's kind of what we see through our eyes. Interesting. Interesting. So yes and no to your question. I think <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, but... Yeah. Um, skepticism is a general doubt that humans can understand anything about reality, beginning with the question of whether our senses are accurate. I think that plays into the last one you just read because um, there's certain light that, um, that the human eye can't see. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's different perspectives of reality that we have no idea because our senses aren't able to uh, pick up on those things. Yeah. It says here that skepticism may question basic human assumptions, such as the concept of time and space. Mm. (laughs) And the only thing that can be proven under skepticism is existence itself. Are we actually existing? I believe we exist. Um... But I believe that time is a creation of man. I don't think to a grander scale like of the universe time exists. I mean, well, you got space time, but it's just a a measurement that man can comprehend, Hmm. which is why he created it. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just just talking. (laughs) But I think, you know, the quote, I think, therefore I am. Mm hmm. That's us saying that if we have these different thoughts and what we believe to be true, mm-hmm. that means that we exist, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in a sense, that's maybe confirming reality or allowing us to define what our reality is. Mm. Like free will. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Virtual reality. Virtual reality is an electronically generated environment that fools the senses into thinking that products of imagination are physical realities. I guess that an example of that would be social media. Social media, video games. Right. Where it's like we can create these make-believe realities or what we believe we should present to the world of who we actually are, whether or not it's true or false. There's a theory um, about reality or religion or whatever that um, we're all living through a simulation, something like the game Sims, if anyone who ever played that, Mm -hmm. um, there's like somebody on the other side of the veil who created us and helps us with our decisions throughout life. But are you talking about spirituality or something completely different as in a conspiracy theory that is saying we live in a world that is structured and is scripted and is designed 
for, you know, a certain percentage to be rich, a certain percentage to be poor, a certain percentage to have the ability to succeed and maybe others. You remember back in the day um, on Playstations, they used to give out little handbooks or when the, when the internet was still young, they would put out like cheat codes. Mm. Um, I think certain people had the cheat codes. You know to life, I mean? to this, the, the life that was built yeah, for us. Yeah, yeah, like up, up, down, X block, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's a cheat code that maybe the person on the other side of the veil who um, controls everything is, like, giving certain people. I don't know. If that's true, that's scary. It's scary. It's super scary. <laughs> that would be a very scary thing. Um, it was a movie that we were watching um what was it? The Mandela, Mandela Effect. I did not like that movie because it tripped me out. It was like everything's a big computer simulation. And this guy put in, um, he noticed that things were glitching. It mm-hmm. was like he was getting a, a sense of, nah, his daughter passed away. He was depressed about it. And um, he was trying to figure out how to bring her back. And then he were, he was having like, physical dreams like he was sitting there seeing his daughter and things started glitching and not only that do you remember that a lot of the information that he thought happened Mm -hmm. in the reality that he was in it actually did not happen it was like deja vu right he he remembered that you know nelson mandela had passed away was it yeah yeah but his wife was like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, he, mm-hmm. he didn't pass away in 1991. And then he just started researching all types of Mandela Right, and effects. then it just kind of started from there where he thought that there were different spellings, like the peanut butter for Jif was mm-hmm. actually Jiffy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's trippy. It's very trippy to think in depth about whether or not. Right. So he, he figured out, he, he went to this like master computer or whatever mm. and uh, figured out this code to alter the physical reality that he was in. Right. And it just like started shutting everything down where the um, reality had to reboot itself. Right. He hacked into the system. He hacked into the, <laughs> into the system. It was a crazy movie. It was That's just a. a yeah, a we recommend that you fact. watch it. Yeah, um, it was so crazy. You can, figure out what we're talking about mm-hmm. so what is our reality are we living in a world that primarily exists based off of truth or lies i think both mm-hmm. i think I, I definitely think um there's a lot of truth to reality and i think that there's a certain group of people who control what we deem as reality for example, um, there's six major corporations who controls the news media cycle. Okay, so what does that mean? That means that they can particularly particularly control the narrative of what they the information that we receive exactly. and what they want us to portray as exactly. truth or false exactly hmm. i i just i don't know if it's always been that way but as an adult looking at the news compared to what information i retained as a child it seems like and also being having exposure to the media in different countries mm-hmm. Every time I watch CNN, I fear, I feel fear. Mm. 
there's nothing positive and it's always making light or showing things that are negative as opposed to positive. And I'm like, is that is that really how the world is? Mm. Are there any positives to what's happening in different parts of the world? Mm. But usually what's portrayed as war, famine, you know, uh, natural events, like mm. climate change. And just pretty much, I feel like they promote hatred on the news. It's more, more it's, than... Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot of code switching. Um, say, for example, if a predominantly, uh, say a baseball team or something, right? And it's predominantly uh, white people who like and appreciate that team. Let's say if they win a World Series and just start tearing their city up and they would say um, um, such and such team just won the World Series and its fans is celebrating or on the other side of the, the, the spectrum, let's say the George Floyd incident, mm. um, when people started rioting, they would say uh, a lot of people are rioting, rioting, these people are thugs, this, that, and the third. It's virtually the same thing. People tearing up property that's not theirs. But the language is different. The language is when not they... what you say, it's how you say it. Right. So then I feel like they're perpetuating or encouraging a reality that mm. promotes hatred rather than promoting unity mm. or a sense of community between people of different exactly. backgrounds and different races. Exactly. That's very interesting because also when did breaking news become a story about the Kardashians, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like they're either dumbing us down through the media or promoting something that's not positive or it could just be a distraction from reality (laughs) a distraction from reality (laughs) from the real reality from the actual reality from actual reality going outside and taking in the sun I wondered though based off of like the nine types of reality that I shared what category that would fall in would that be universalism Hmm. Like, I'm not necessarily sure. And I'm looking at this now as we're having a discussion about it. So I don't, I haven't completely studied what each of those nine types of realities are. And what, you know, this is just our perception of what we think it means. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, yeah, I just, I often wonder... If our reality and the reality that is promoted for us to think that is true, when do we separate ourselves from our beliefs compared to the beliefs that are put out there for us to be? When or how? How. Maybe how. Turn off the television. How can we... How can we... But but it's hard to say because even if we choose to read or... Before there was television, there was newspapers and they were painting certain realities mm-hmm. and depictions of people and situations that, I guess, favored one group and not another. 
you know um if we read a book um we're basically reading about somebody else's perception on how they see reality and right. not how we see it per se because i question reality that we live in a lot mm-hmm. especially for instance like how social media when it first came out was promoted as something that was positive that would connect all of us and to an extent it has Mm -hmm. because the world gets the real information and things that maybe the media doesn't show like I don't believe that um, Black Lives Matter or the, the discriminations of Africans in America would be a worldwide issue Mm -hmm. without social media yeah but I also feel like the both of us could spend maybe three to four hours sitting on the same couch on our phones, mm-hmm. but we haven't had a conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's like our reality is dependent on a virtual reality, you know, like mm-hmm. it's kind of skewed. So does that make it positive or negative? And how do, how do you perceive that to be? I think it's both. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's like I say with anything, a good balance is key. You know? Yeah. Um, we all need the right amount of sunlight to get vitamin D. We all need mm-hmm. the right, right amount of nutrients to stay healthy. If you stay out in the sun too long, uh, you might catch sunburn. You might get yeah. skin cancer. If you eat <clears throat> crazy amount of food, it's unhealthy for you. So I think it's a balance. I think social media is a curse and a blessing at the same time Mm -hmm. because it connects the world uh, instantaneously, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, but again, I think some of the algorithms of social media promotes idealisms from either the right left or middle you know what i mean depending on what you click on and right they're they're analyzing your searches and because i feel like it's also connected we don't just have access to instagram facebook and their separate entities i feel like what Mm. we google is the content that they were going to constantly promote and feed us. Exactly. Based off of our, our own beliefs. Right. For mm. example, uh, Facebook algorithms usually promote, let's say, um, I don't know if they're listening to us through our phones or something, but let's say <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for a certain microphone uh Let's just say I'm thinking out loud and I'm looking for a certain microphone and I say I need microphone X for starting a podcast or something. And then a few minutes later, you you look on your Facebook and it's there. It's an ad for that microphone. Right. I think that happened to us quite a few times when we've had conversations. And Mm -hmm. I also don't know if that's the reason why it happens because of Alexa. Alexa, (laughs) the phone, anything. Right. I think we're all... <laughs> Alexa off. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. It's definitely mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. I think another harsh reality I was thinking about um in terms of life is that I learned when I reached adulthood 
not everyone you really care for or about cares about you in return. Mm. And life is full of temporary people. Mm. Mm -hmm. So just realizing that even within reality, things can change. What you deem to be true and factual can change into being something else. Mm. Like your idea of reality can shift and change from one time in your life to the new person of who you are Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, a mature version of yourself. Absolutely. So would you say that there are infinite infinite realities based on the choices that we make or that we're going to make? I think so. It's actually a good question. Um, I think that we have realities that are defined for our inner selves, our true selves. Mm -hmm. Realities that are created from what we learn and who we are exposed by, um, exposed to and who we are around. And also the reality of the universe the Mm. society that we live in there's all these different realities that create who we are yeah and how we choose to live our lives or not choose to live our lives Mm. that's deep that's Mm. heavy that's real heavy so i think my initial question about are we living in a world that primarily exists based off of truth or lies and you said both I think I agree with you, but more so learning and hearing about the story of Epstein, it's made me question like the world in general, Mm. Um, mainly about how important women are in the world Yeah, and also how, how much we don't know about what's actually going on. Mm. I don't know what's real and what's false there's also conspiracy theories surrounding epstein yeah and um the most prevalent conspiracy theory of the sex offender is that he was trafficking underage girls yeah Yeah. i i I actually don't like that term underage girls because i feel like it takes away from what it actually is Mm -hmm. these kids were children you know these underage girls quote unquote or underage women which was they promote in the media yeah they're children and I feel like um, it's terrifying to learn some of the allegations and some of the powerful people that were involved with this person, this monster. But um, one popular theory circulating the internet um, is that Epstein procured these young girls for powerful men and filmed these children being violated. Do you think this is bogus or there's some truth to it? Um. I believe that there's some truth to it. Um, I guess a little background on Epstein is um, he went to college. uh, He dropped out. um, He started teaching at a college for some reason. Mm. Um, Then he worked with, uh, I forget his name, but uh, a millionaire who who created Victoria's Secret or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. So people in powerful places, people like in powerful places. Then he started managing leaders. their mm-hmm. money, um, and all of a sudden he's a billionaire out of basically nowhere. So he didn't come from money. He didn't come from money. I really? think he was from New York. Um, mm. 
Yeah, I believe he's from New York. And throughout his whole career, he just, nobody can account for how and how much money he accumulated across his, his life. So there has to be some truth to the theories that he was involved with sketchy situations, you know? And the way that he was taking out, taking out, uh, quote unquote, committed suicide. They said that um, he, w- the second time he got caught, um, he was in a prison and he hung himself. Um, both of the guards, prison guards who were supposed to uh, watch him, were asleep, and all the cameras leading to his cell were turned off. If that doesn't scream a sticky situation, I don't know what does. Yeah. You know? So, it seems like a cover-up, mm. you know, that... And that's a conspiracy theory yeah, that I was trying to start and mention to mention. A, a yeah. cover-up that only powerful and rich people can achieve. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, with all of the recorded information and inappropriate behavior this criminal had over these powerful men... I'm starting to believe that popular theory, that conspiracy theory that he was murdered. Yeah. I don't personally believe that he committed suicide, especially if they were supposed to be people that were being paid to watch him. Yeah. And make sure that he does not commit suicide. Like, that what, didn't what, make sense to me. The questions that I have is, where are the people who worked for him now? Are they alive? Why aren't they testifying? Uh, why didn't they say anything before while working for him? Mm-hmm. Um, another example is um, that happened not too long ago is uh, the judge who was going to take on the case. Um, some <gasps> Yes. A, oh, my goodness. A guy tried to assassinate her and ended up killing her son and, and her uh, husband. And her husband. Can you imagine? And then you have people that are probably going to say, I don't want to take this case. Yeah. Or I don't want to be part of this because I'm worried that yeah. I'm going to lose my family or my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's very scary. And I, I do. And that makes me believe it even more. It sounds like a real live movie. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. But that... It's making me start to believe that conspiracy theory that that someone was out for him because mm-hmm. he has too much information of powerful people. Yeah, and if, the list that I had seen online of the people that were involved with him, did business with him, and none of them are claiming that they knew about a lot this trafficking. Of people, he had his uh, his own private jet. We won't name any names. No, we're we, not going to do that. We're we, fresh. We we're value, new. <laughs> we value our lives and our sons' lives. We also and our value lives. value our platform yeah. that we're trying to create, and we want to stay positive, and we want to make sure that yeah. we're not promoting false information. But this is what we be, what we think. But the people who he had over maybe a hundred, two hundred, three hundred people who traveled That's on this private jet. Who went to his private island? Who went to uh, a few of his? I think he had a house in Palm Beach or some somewhere down mm-hmm. in Florida. That's and, what the documentary said. Yeah, and he had a nice, uh, a, a huge house in um, in New York City in Manhattan, like a seven million dollar house in Manhattan. 
Mm-hmm. And from the film we watched, um, it said that he had cameras everywhere, everywhere throughout all his establishments, just so he can keep a record. I'm thinking maybe that's blackmail right there. Mm. You know what I mean? If he was involved with young children, young girls, um, maybe he kept records of it. Because I feel that if you can keep records on a powerful person doing mm-hmm. dirty things, you got them for life. You have them for life, but you can also make decisions as to how society runs. Yeah. Or... yeah have decision have a say in what goes on right um that's very scary and that's why i don't think that he committed suicide is because on the documentary that we were watching when he um had an opportunity to you know testify and say Mm -hmm. whether or not he you know did this or if he pleads guilty or not guilty um he was smirking the whole time the whole time he was smiling as if he felt like no one can touch him. He was untouchable. And he can, he can, he will bring down everybody with him. Yeah. If they were going to go through with this. Yeah. That was my perception of what I was seeing when I saw his face. Yeah. And that's a scary thing. I also feel like it, it makes me question society in general because whether or not these powerful people knew what he was doing wouldn't you question like wouldn't you question certain things about the person's character Mm. outside of their popularity that something was off yeah you know like that's another thing where i question people's morals and values and i think those two things are important as a as a human being i think a lot of it deals with monetary gain money and power that's sick it's sick some people maybe some people are born in power Mm -hmm. like you know royalty this that and the third and they already feel untouchable and they they don't their reality is just based in that they don't know how it feels to um be in the underclass or you know yeah and but it's it's not a part of their reality and then you have people who are suddenly suddenly thrusted into power and wealth people mm-hmm. who never had it whatsoever you know what i mean like let's say a hip-hop artist or an epstein who started from the bottom and just fought his way to the top and that sense of power or that sense of just being thrusted into a situation can be i guess addictive or you have to be slightly psychotic to do certain things to get that power right because i was thinking that perhaps money makes people change not for the better Mm. but when i really thought about it i know a few people that are wealthy Mm. but they are the sweetest most kindest people that would never think to make someone feel less than mm-hmm. or make somebody you wouldn't even know they have money you know yeah, it just enhances so who you are i guess you're right about that then mm-hmm. Mo- money will money won't change you significantly mm-hmm. 
It only enhances the person you already are. I just have a little something to rebuttal that. Um, mm. Let's say if someone who becomes bullied all their life, you know, beat up, uh, wedgies every day. <laughs> Not wedgies. Um, <laughs> head in the toilet, head in the trash. And then all of a sudden, somebody teaches them how to fight. Let's say Mike Tyson teaches you how to fight. You're going to do this, that, and you're going to train every day, boop, 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 boop. What are you going to do as soon as you learn those? You're going to fight everybody. Everybody. Not just the person that hurts you, but literally everybody. Everybody. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I don't know. It depends on the mentality of a person and their environment in, in which they they grew up in. You know? I'm pretty sure New York in the 60s and 70s was, was a crazy time. You know what I mean? Especially for, I guess, a poor Jewish kid who, you know, lived in not of the best of neighborhoods. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out the psychology behind why Epstein did this. Maybe he was taking advantage advantage of of, as as a child. As a child. And I don't know why people... People who are taken advantage of as a child uh, repeats the cycle. They either they repeat older. or or don't. Like, I feel like you have a choice sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people that are taken advantage of don't take the route of advantage, um, taking advantage yeah. of someone else. So I do think that, in, you know, some people are evil. Yeah. I, I believe that. Or because you have a choice. Created by the trauma in which the, that was inflicted on them. Yeah. You know, look at R. Kelly. Yeah. Um, but he said he was taking advantage of and he was basically doing the same thing as Epstein. I still don't excuse it. I, don't I, I get what you're either. saying. Yeah, but I don't excuse it. I still it. don't ex- I, I think that when people reach a certain age, you know what's right and you know what's wrong. Yeah. And you have a choice. Or it could be a power thing. A lot of people who feel powerless or don't, a lot of people who feel powerless in their lives look for that power in some way you know what I mean like uh-huh. I bring up another bully example if a bully is messing with kids nine times out of ten his parents is abusing him beating mm-hmm. him up so, that's true there's 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 always a reason right there's, there's always, always something a reason that, that creates the monsters mm-hmm. that we have today that's true. You know. But there's also a reason why we have angels in this world yeah. and, and beautiful people. I think it all comes down to how a person is raised. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And and the reality that they perceive. You know? Mm-hmm. If somebody perceives that reality is full of... If, if they perceive that reality and the people in it are not out for their best interest, they're always going to have their guard up and fight. You know what I mean? Whether it be good or extremely negative. What is the reality of a narcissist? The reality of a narcissist? I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because I'm, sometimes I feel like these powerful people that we mentioned who violated people may be narcissists. Yeah. Where everything revolves around them and other people's feelings are not a priority and they could care less now is that um a mental 
health thing? Narcissism? I believe so. But to an extent, I feel like everyone has a small piece of narcissistic Mm -hmm. behavior. Mm -hmm. Especially, again, I'll, I'll bring up social media. It's a primary example of narcissism Mm -hmm. if you're constantly taking selfies everything is based on your beliefs and what you think about yourself Mm -hmm. it's a constant me 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 thing you Mm -hmm. know and it's never a you thing like very rarely people post things about other people it's usually about themselves Mm -hmm. and what they deem to be their reality so is social media the social media reality creating narcissists yes i think i believe yeah I do, because I remember there was a time in the beginning stages of Facebook where people would just share and post cool things. But now it's like, okay, I can post, today I feel sad and lonely and tired. Mm -hmm. And then somebody may comment, well, I don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. I feel happy. Or maybe when they look for validation, like posting your personal life or your personal business on social media maybe they are looking for someone to i don't i want to say agree but yeah it's i think it's um most of the people that follow you already have an interest in you Mm -hmm. and your thoughts so you can get 500 600 likes from a post that you make from the people that are already loving and caring towards you and that want to see what you're doing and are interested Mm -hmm. there's no dislike button there's always a like button Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. there's a reason for that and i also think that um even when we do post about ourselves 80 85 percent of the time nobody's really looking for what you think Mm -hmm. they're going to comment about what they think Mm -hmm. and take away from your perception of that thing or what you were commenting in the first place. Sometimes there are comments that where you, as a person that made the post, is like, wait, I wasn't even talking about you. I wasn't even saying it to argue with it. But mm-hmm. we're always constantly going to have our own personal realities and ideas about a thing. But at some point it takes away from what... It, it, it again separates us from coming together mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know if it's a positive thing or a negative thing to be connected in that way where it's from the lens of ourselves but we don't allow people to question or have a different perception on things based off of what we believe i believe that social media takes the mirror away from ourselves it takes the mirror away from ourselves. What do you mean by that? That um, it's not about self-reflection anymore. You know, it's about strictly validation and what other people think. I agree about your you. second statement, but I don't think it takes the mirror away. It keeps it in front of us, and it also puts it in front of other people mm. like it's it's all it's always in our face it take it doesn't take anything away from us but i think it just shifts it so that other people but can see are it. we really who we are on social media or are we putting out a certain image that we 
think people will like and accept. We're putting a, sep- a certain image. Like, out is there. it really our reality? Are we really putting? It could be a mix. Mm-hmm. A, a, a more. <clears throat> I think what we fail to put on social media are our losses, our failures, mm-hmm. our bad days. Mm-hmm. You know, some people do that, but the majority of us only show. The positive moments and the moments where we feel great about ourselves is that positive maybe could it be negative could be i don't think it's reality though it's not reality but it's what we want the world to see about us mm, it's what we construct yeah we're creating our own reality aren't we yeah our own virtual reality of i'm not sure if it be. benefits or if it doesn't benefit us do we um, really need social media? I mean, I, I think I, it's great I think for it, networking. Yeah, it's great for networking. It's great for connecting with people all over the world. But everything else that it deals with. Um, sometimes I need social media breaks. Mm-hmm. For one, because mentally, just too much information. Like, for instance, I don't like seeing people being attacked mm-hmm. or murdered mm-hmm. but if I am on social media Facebook, Instagram I can be scrolling and see something that I'm not comfortable seeing and it brings anxiety and it brings anxiety, it brings pain it brings trauma into my mind that I didn't ask for I didn't ask permission for permission to see that mm-hmm. or for somebody else it could be a situation where they're not where they want to be but their peers are excelling and doing great. Mm-hmm. But you're constantly reminded that, oh, because they're posting all of these positive things about their accomplishments, you're not important. Yeah. You know? It, it, could, it, it could give it, you some negative it, feelings about yourself. I think exactly what you said. It, it, it promotes negative feelings about yourself when, like we said before, people only post what they want the world to perceive them as. Right. So if you feel like shit yourself, maybe the person that you're looking up to also feels that way. But you don't see it. But you so don't see no it. So there's no level of connection of the reality. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, there's no real compassion or understanding for each other's triumphs and losses because we're, we're putting, in a sense, a lie out. I think it's <clears throat> extremely important to fail as a person Mm -hmm. you know failure teaches us how not to fail at something if it's like you have to learn from your failures failures build up who you are it it adds character it does you know what i mean and what baffles me about our reality in the United States is, let's say someone is, a bunch of kids are running a race. One kid wins the race, but everyone gets trophies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's taken away that character from the kid. It's taken, it's taken away that drive that I have to do better it's next time. It's taking away the lesson. It's taking away the okay. lesson. Yeah. It's okay to lose sometimes, you know what I mean? But you have to... Fi- sit back analyze what did i do wrong how can i improve myself right and what i what am i going to do to win next time that's enough i would like to bring up 
the cancel culture with mm. you making a statement about failure mm. being positive sometimes because it's a learning experience. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like we're very quick to cancel people when they've made a mistake. Yeah. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? I think it depends on the situation. Like Epstein, R. Kelly, cancel them all day. We cancel. Yeah, that's fine. If you make one mistake and you don't learn from it, or if you do something crazy that messes up that's unacceptable abusing children is unacceptable unacceptable. abusing women or anybody they canceled all day you need to be canceled canceled all day Mm -hmm. but if you do something like nick cannon who's like just learning his hope (laughs) hotepness or just learn learning about life in general learning about life in general how it works and questioning things questioning things and people's perception and making statements that might hurt another group of people's feelings mm -hmm. but just I'm I'm not going to cancel Nick Cannon because he didn't know how to use his words wisely. Nick Cannon has done a lot for the black community and communities all over the world with his TV shows, his uh, mentorships, um just showing people how to grind and make it in this day and age, you know? I would like for us to, though, although you're saying that about Nick Cannon, I do want us to acknowledge that he could have said some things differently. He could have. I do believe you can't make comments without researching a person's culture or people's Mm. culture. Mm. And if you are open and loving towards others Mm. you do have to be compassionate regardless of your perspective and things absolutely so i'm not canceling nick cannon because to an extent i understand what he was trying to say yeah but on the other side if i was a jewish person i would be highly offended with what he said Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. jewish people did struggle have you know similar challenges and discrimination towards them as yeah. well you know it may have been different but we can't ignore the fact that they have also struggled as a people exactly mm-hmm. exactly i mean this is it's a sticky situation he um i just don't like the fact that a lot of people especially black people just threw them to the to the sharks he says one thing that or even the fact that he apologized. Mm-hmm. Black but people, people still hate him now. Dis, dis, disowned him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And <clears throat> sometimes we just have to sit down and talk to our brothers and sisters. And right. Understand where they're coming from and just have conversations about those different types of situations. Because we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. And we're I all think, human. Yeah, we're all human. <clears throat> I'd also like to address... Um, social media and the idea that we were discussing about it being um, something that's not necessarily real of who we are. Mm -hmm. But why is it that certain people that you know may not be presenting themselves in their real state get the most likes or recognition? Mm. Like, for instance, if you know someone in your own immediate circle that's an artist, they mm. may, be, may not be out there the most, but 
you're more willing or a person is more willing to share somebody with a verification or like the check sign mm. besides them as opposed to supporting your friend or commenting <clears throat> on your friend or like if you have um, if you have someone that's maybe going through something but you know or lost a relative you're less compassionate about their situation, but you feel a certain way when you hear that a celebrity has passed or was going <clears> through something like Kanye yeah. West. Or, you know, every button boob that's on there, you know, gets mm. a like, but are you recognizing the people in your life? How does that? I think <clears throat> it's just the information we're fed as a society in America. Mm. You know, um, in the early 90s, um, people with flat butts were, like, considered sexy. Or mm -hmm. all you seen were skinny white girls, no disrespect, but skinny white girls in the media. And that's all they were portraying as beauty, like the European standard yeah. of beauty. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? That's like, yeah, don't mind him. <laughs> yeah. um, this episode will probably have his um, points of views and comments as well. Yeah. So please forgive us, but we but would like to continue this conversation. The mental shift has changed, and those who at the top are showing us <clears throat> what we deem as beauty now. There's people in advertisement who get paid a lot of money to tell us what to eat, what to wear, what we think is what we deem is beautiful what we don't deem is beautiful mm -hmm. and i believe that <clears throat> yes us as black people are taking the standards of beauty in our own hands and because of social media we can promote that to like the highest extent mm -hmm. i think that still in media they control how we move about and navigate through this world mm -hmm. because it's creating our reality. It's cre creating our construct of what the world is. Just to conclude about on social media, on the topic of social media, I truly believe that um, there are positives, but the majority of the time it's teaching us to lack empathy, mm -hmm. period. That's all. Yeah. Like I feel like it takes away the accountability or responsibility for us to maintain compassion to maintain a level of reality yeah about things and to make it less important than what it is and i believe that <clears throat> for example the george floyd situation it, it makes filmed. us numb yeah to certain situations <gasps> like to certain people too because in in, in the early 2000s youtube was full of fight videos kids mm -hmm. fighting each other black kids fighting each other white kids fighting each other and it became normalized to the point that it's publicized on tv with you know with your love and hip-hops and all this other right. other things that <clears throat> we deem as normal for us when it's really not normal at all and that um social media and media period is like information overload like we get nothing but information 24 7 but it's, it's, it's a forever scroll of information and we become numb at certain situations like mm. 
the George Floyd situation, the Trayvon Martin situation, the Anthony Brown situation. Like we become numb to it because it happens every day. We're shown this every day. Or bring trauma. And for those that aren't black or people of color may not be able to have empathy for us because it's like, okay, well, they fight each other anyway. They kill each other anyway. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's designed, I feel like social media is designed for us to lack empathy or the idea of having a phone and constantly we're on it, but we don't really say hello to people when we walk by or we don't engage Mm. in person with people anymore. What blew my mind is... This was back when I was in college, and um, I was coming home from school, mm-hmm. and um, there's this uh, intersection, uh, intersecting uh, metro station called Lafont Plaza, mm-hmm. where it's super diverse. You see people going from all over, go- going to all over, whatever. Right. And I see a, a ocean of people. This is when like social media became prevalent and Instagram first came out. Mm-hmm. A ocean of people looking at their phones nobody's interacting with yeah. anyone you that's know that's part of the reason when i was in my <clears> early <throat> 20s that i stopped going to parties mm-hmm. why would i go to a party if everybody's going to be on their phone either recording a concert or recording themselves or just texting because they don't want to talk to anyone and you're not living <laughs> in that reality no you're not you're living in a virtual reality at that moment mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. weird but it's become our norm we all do it yeah yeah, it's almost like an involuntary thing. <laughs> it's become a part of us. It's become a part of us in our routine. The first thing I do when I wake up is I get on my phone. Yeah, every morning. That's why I try to keep my phone outside <laughs> of the room so I can like process everything right. before you know. Right. I take in that information, but mm. it's it's definitely a sticky situation, and um, oh, we're almost going on an hour. You want to um, end it here or? I mean, yeah, if you have anything else to say, I don't mind. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Let me let me give you guys a quick quote. Yes. A quick quote one. Of quote of the day. <clears throat> um. Yeah, the reality of the situation is that we have a little baby. So today I have the pleasure of reading a quote that uh, Phil has shared with us, and it is from Dr. Strange, and it goes, the ancient one, you think you know how the world works. You think that this material universe is all there is? What is real? What mysteries lie beyond the reach of your senses? At the root of existence, mind and matter meet. Thoughts shape reality. This reality is only one of an infinite number. Worlds without end, some benevolent and life-giving, others filled with malice and hunger. Dark places where powers older than time lie ravenous and waiting. Who are you in the vast multiverse, Mr. Strange? So thank you guys for listening into um, this week's episode of Creative Habits Podcast. Um, this Thursday, we'll, we will be uh, providing a special guest for you guys in the arts field. Um, we really appreciate you taking the time out to listen and um, have a great day. Thank you.